Welcome to Exploring Sacred Spaces, a Pardes mini-podcast series featuring the Maggid of Melbourne, Rabbi Dr. Levy Cooper. Throughout this series, the Maggid of Melbourne will be taking us on an exploration of synagogue architecture and what makes physical space fit for sacred action. And now, here's the Maggid of Melbourne himself, Levy Cooper. This is Levy Cooper coming to you from Tzor Hadassah. This week, I saw a group of young boys standing outside the shul, and they were demonstrating one to another their karate capabilities. And they were focusing on their kicking towards the face. And I was actually really happy at first because I saw straight away that they weren't practicing on each other. And then I noticed that instead of trying to kick each other in the face, they were actually kicking the wall of the synagogue, of the Beit Knesset. And when I saw this, it reminded me of a case that happened in the year 1765, as recorded in the responsa of Rabbi Yaakov Emden. And Rabbi Yaakov Endem received a question about a certain community where there was a shul that one of the walls of the shul was also a wall of the adjoining house. And the person who sent the question felt that since this wall was a wall of the synagogue, therefore in the house the family living there could not use the home for regular activities because that would not be appropriate since it was a synagogue wall. And Rav Yaakov Emden responded to the questioner and said that he didn't agree with the person who had sent the question, that the uh, permission, the right to use that adjacent plot was not limited by the shul wall. And Rav Yaakov Emden added that that's what we see all over the place, that outside of the shul, every all communities outside of the, wall of the walls of the shul, they treat that space as regular space rather than as holy synagogue space. Having said that, Rav Yaakov Emden continued and he said that's regarding the space where the home is. But the actual wall we should be stringent about because the wall is actually a wall of the synagogue and therefore it cannot be used for any regular use. Rav Yaakov Emden pointed out that the homeowners, for example, can't burrow in the wall to make like a shelf because that shelf would be a, a mundane use of synagogue property. And Rav Yaakov Emden wondered, how could they even get permission to do something like this? Let's say the community leadership would give them permission. It's not even up to the community leadership, said Rav Yaakov Emden, because the wall is holy, and therefore it's a holy wall of the synagogue. The community leadership doesn't have the authority to say 
that such a wall is no longer sanctified. Rav Yaakov Emden pointed out that not only couldn't they burrow into such a wall, they, they can't even uh, put a nail into the wall in order to hang a picture on the wall. The only possibility that Rav Yaakov Emden was willing to entertain was that perhaps when the wall had originally been built, it had been a joint wall and was owned both by the householder and by the synagogue. And in such a case, half the wall, half the thickness of the wall was holy synagogue wall and half the thickness of the wall belonged to the home and could be used for any mundane purpose. And that's what Rav Yaakov Emden imagined. I can tell you that here in Tzuradasa, the shul we are building has most of the walls are synagogue walls, but there is one wall that the local council has said that they want to build an adjacent kindergarten to. Now, they haven't built it yet. I don't know if they're actually going to go ahead and build that kindergarten. And even though we went ahead and built the wall, the council has yet to reimburse us for half the expense. But assuming they go ahead and build that kindergarten and assuming they reimburse us for half the wall, the expense of the wall, then indeed that would be the case that's described here with Rav Yaakov Emden. But the other walls, not walls that are joint walls, but walls that are just synagogue walls are considered to be holy and they cannot be used for any mundane use and certainly not for karate practice. Now, besides the rule of the holiness of a synagogue, there's another, uh, I would say, three sources that we should bring into the discussion that teach us that one cannot cause damage to a synagogue, to a synagogue or any of its furniture. Now, two of those sources are standard sources, and they talk about destroying any type of uh, any type of item. But one of those sources is a particular synagogue-related source. So the first two sources, one is that you're not allowed to cause damage, and if you do cause damage, then you must reimburse, pay for uh, the damage that you've caused. Of course, that can sometimes be challenging because if we don't even notice we've done damage or it's only a minor amount of damage and we think to ourselves, well, it's not such a big deal. Let's say you peel, you peel a little bit of paint off the wall. That's damage. If you do that in a synagogue wall, then you would have to uh, repay the communal to the communal coffers for the damage, and that would be rather difficult if it was a small amount. A second source that should be considered is the prohibition of wantonly destroying any item. And that's based on the biblical uh, injunction called Bal Tashrit, which is originally referring to trees during a siege, but already in the Talmud, the sages taught us that it applies not only to trees and not only to a siege. 
And a third source comes from the book of Deuteronomy, Parashat Re'eh, where the, where the Bnei Israel, the children of Israel, are told that they need to destroy places that of idol worship and they have to destroy uh, altars of idol worship and trees that serve for idol worship. And then the verse says, that you shouldn't do the same to, uh, to our God. And the sages learn from this that you're not allowed to destroy anything, any item in the temple or the altar. Um, we've already discussed in a previous episode how the Beit Knesset is a Mikdash Ma'at, a miniature temple, and how we learn the rules of the sanctity of a synagogue from the rules of the sanctity of a temple. And therefore it would seem that we cannot destroy any part of a shul because of this particular rule that dates back to the Bible. So let's hope, my dear friends, that we merit to look after our synagogues, the walls, the furniture, and of course, the people who frequent our shuls. That's all for now. Until the next time, to the Beat Midrash! Thank you for joining us for Exploring Sacred Spaces, a Pardes podcast production featuring the Magid of Melbourne, Levy Cooper. If you like what you just heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. Follow us on your favorite streaming platform or subscribe to our newsletter to receive Pardes Torah direct to your inbox. Thanks for listening.